Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she began, be, became jealous of her sister. And she said to Jacob, Give me children, or else I will die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God, who has withheld you from the fruit of the womb? She said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go into her, that she may bear on my knees, that, I, through, that through her I may have children. So she gave him to her maid, Bilhah, as a wife, and Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob, a son. Then, Jacob, then Rachel said, God has vindicated me, and has indeed heard my voice, and has given me a son. Therefore she named him Dan. Rachel's maid, Bilhah, conceived again, and bore Jacob, a second son. So Rachel said, With a mighty wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, and I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. Through, where? Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so how is Rachel feeling? Give me children or I die. <laughs> what do you think about that? I don't think that he has any control. And she did die when she had children. <laughs> yes, that's ironic. She died in the birth of her second son. Wow. Maybe she shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Have you noticed how Leah and Rachel compare to each other? They each have what the other one wants. What does Leah have? Children. Children, that's what Rachel wants. What does Rachel, Rachel have? Love. Jacob's love, that's what Leah wants. Isn't that the way we always are? We always want what the other person has. And they want what you have, and you don't want what you have yourself so often. This is our only experience of uh, Jacob and Rachel's marriage, but this is not a very uh, encouraging glimpse. And, you know, how does Jacob respond to her? He gets really mad. Not exactly my fault. You know, I'm not God to give you children. So what does Rachel suggest? something at least the family family tradition <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right yeah I'll give you my concubine my handmaiden actually as a concubine and that way she'll have children through this handmaid and uh, she's desperate to get even with her sister somehow and so she'll count these children as sort of hers and uh, so this concubine Bilhah bears which two sons Dan and Naphtali, and you might remember that Naphtali's name, Wrestling, reminds us of a later event in Jacob's life in chapter 32. All right, comments or questions through verse 8. You know, we always talk about them being born in the order that we name them, but I don't know that, that I mean, just looking at it again, that may not necessarily be the case. Is there some other thing that would indicate that? Because these could have been going on concurrently. Yeah, because when Rachel saw that she bore no children, that could have been after the first one of Leah. Good point. I agree, and I don't know that we do have a way of proving they're so all. So then she could have given her maid right. at the same time Leah was having right. hers, and then Leah, when she finally quit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's possible. It was her maid. Yeah. I was wondering how 214 made her prevail. Because she says after having two, she prevailed. Against her sister had four. Well, <laughs> <laughs> new man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
I mean, from zero to two is pretty good for her. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, it, it shows the mentality that's going on here. It's all about competition and... Yes. Yes, it really is. One big, not very happy family. So uh, what should, like... I don't know, what should Jacob have done? Like, it really frustrates me for his sake that he got the wrong one, like... And now he has to deal with it, and now she's all mad and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess he had to keep her now that he had her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bummer. <laughs> I mean... I don't know, like, it wasn't his choice to marry both of them. Yeah. But so. he did. I don't know. Hey. Make sure you get a good look at him before you marry him. Yeah. A good look at her before you marry her. Maybe you should have just stuck with Leah and forgot about Rachel. Yeah. You had plenty of kids that way. Yeah, I don't know. Other thoughts? Yeah, Cass. I don't really get why she says, uh, giving children or else I'll die. You know, is that kind of like a threat? Like, I don't get what she's saying there. She's saying, I'll die if you don't give me children. Like, literally? Or, or just, like, being overdramatic, like, I'll kill myself? She didn't literally die or kill herself. So I guess that's more just firm, strong emotion. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> well, the culture there, wasn't it, that, you know, your your worth as a, as a woman was somewhat valued by your the number of children? Yeah, it is. And... You know, I mean, even today, man, a, a woman who can't bear children, how difficult it is, you know, when you find out your sister has, you know, not four and, you know, whatever. How about nine to 13? When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then, Jake, then Leah said, How fortunate! So she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, Happy am I, for, a, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. This is more or less anything Rachel can do, Leah can do better. <laughs> you know, that insult to injury, when Leah stops bearing after four now, she's able to give her handmaid and have a couple more kids. <laughs> So, you know, so much for the non-advantage that Rachel had gained. You know, it's got to be really, really hard for Rachel in all this. And we'll see that in the next section. Comments and questions on that? I think you said it well. You know, one big, not very happy family. Wow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the consequences, the reaping what you sow business sometimes is really painful. Yeah, Cass. Uh, can you, like, further explain verse <clears throat> 11 when it says a troop comes, so she names his name Gad? What, what, what well, is that, a troop comes? Uh, that's not what mine says. My version says how fortunate. Yeah, the, oh, I guess I just have a weird version. What do you have? Uh, I have New King James. Yeah, well, 14 to 24, this is this takes the cake right here. 
<clears throat> now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mad mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. And Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you take my husband? And would, would you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, Therefore he may lie with you tonight and return for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, then Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. And God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob that fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. And Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. And afterward she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God gave heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord give me another son. All right. Reuben, uh, where was he in the order of sons? Number one, he's the firstborn. Reuben, out in the field, fan, finds mandrakes and brings them to mama, Leah. Now, best we can tell, mandrakes were a fertility aid. You know, they'll help the woman get pregnant. That's what they thought about mandrakes. Well... <laughs> Who didn't need them? <laughs> you know, Leah was doing, you know, she's had four of her own and two with her handmaid. And Rachel's desperate. So she feels like this isn't fair. You know, Rachel's like, give me some of your son's mandrakes. I need that. And what does, what's Leah's response? Give me a good reason. <laughs> yeah. No, even better. She accused her of taking her husband. Yeah. You ain't taking him. You want the mandrakes too? You know, and Rachel says, I got a deal for you. She knows what Leah really wants. So what kind of a deal does she offer? My husband for the mandrakes. Yeah, you get him... I get the mandrakes. And Leah agrees. You know, again, Rachel's desperate for children. So Rachel, she's willing to even give up the night with Jacob to try to become more able to have children. What about Leah? What did I tell you about her and the family situation? She'll give away the mandrakes for one night with him. I gather that's not been a common occurrence. So you just see again so much strife and tension and just and they're you know I mean you know Jacob's relationship with his, his wives is up for rent you know this has got to be and 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 what does uh, Leah come out and tell Jacob? Yeah, I, I, I bought you tonight, you know. I hired you with the mandrakes of my son. you got to be coming to me tonight. How demeaning. How ridiculous. And, uh, but now, you know how these things are. Who got the mandrakes? 
Reba. Well, yeah, but who who ended up with them? Rachel. Who got the children? So much for the Mandrakes. <laughs> they helped a lot, didn't they? You know, God is not going to be manipulated by threat or Mandrake. You know, if he wants Leah to have more children, she'll have more children. Lack of mandrakes notwithstanding. And she does. Who does she end up having? Numbers 5 and 6. For her. Issachar and Zebulun. and Dinah. Now, maybe we're introduced here to Dinah because she'll be an important character in a later story. So that may be... Uh, they may have had various other daughters, I don't know. And maybe this is the only one that's named. And finally, after how many children has Jacob had now? Ten. Four, two, two, two. And a daughter. Yeah. And finally, after all that, God remembered Rachel and opened her womb. And who does she have? Joseph. So, God finally gave her a, a child. Um, comments and thoughts on But even that wasn't good enough because her comment was, may the Lord give me another. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Get this thing kicked off right here. Yeah. Guess. It kind of goes to show that uh, sometimes when we try and take things into our own hands and we try and do things ourselves and not put our trust in God, that it doesn't work. We can't. We, we have nothing without God, and so we need to realize that we need to put every everything we have into trusting in God. Yeah, that's exactly right. God, you know, every time we think we've got the situation under control, we've figured out a way to manipulate it or to, you know, whatever. God's God's over us. I mean. You know, he'll give children who he wants to. I mean, I think we have to recognize that. I, I'm not saying that God never wants us to act. But you see in so many of these things, human actions are not the determining factor. God may work through a human's action sometimes, but there's no guarantees. You know, I can't just push the right buttons and suddenly this is what's going to happen. And the more we can see that it's the Lord that's in charge in the situation, the better off we are. Thoughts? Well, we've come to the end of 14 years. And, you know, that was the agreement. So what's going to happen now? Um... Go ahead and read the rest of this. This is kind of one story. So 25 to 43. Now it came about when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me depart. For you yourself know my service which I have rendered you. But Laban said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. He continued, Name me your wages and I will give it. But he said to him, you yourself, you yourself know how I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me. For you have little before, you had little before I came, and it has increased to a multitude, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turn. 
But now what then shall be provided for my own household also? So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there, from there every speckled and spotted sheep, and every black one among the lambs, and spotted and speckled among the goats. And such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come concerning my wages. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, will be considered stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be according to your word. So he removed on that day the striped and spotted male goats and the speckled and spotted female goats, every one with white in it, and all the black ones among the sheep, and gave them to the care of his sons. He put a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and on almond plane trees and peeled white strips in them, exposing the white which was in the rods. He set the rods which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the gutters, even in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, and they mated when they came to drink. So the flocks mated by the rods, and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the striped and all the black and all the black in the flock of Laban, and he put his own herds apart, and he did not put them in with Laban's flock. <clears throat> Moreover, when the stronger of the flock, flock remaining, Jacob would, pus, would place the rods in the side of the flock in the gutters that they, made, they mate by the rods. But when the flock were feeble, he did not put them in, so the feebler were Laban, Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So the man became exceeding, exceedingly prosperous, and he had large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. All right. It, uh, after the end of 14 years, what's Jacob ready to do? Yeah, he's ready to go back home, but not so fast. What does Laban want? More stuff, what he's always wanted. Yes. And more stuff means... He needs Joseph around. He needs Jacob, yeah. Jacob. Yeah, he needs Jacob to to continue being a herdsman because he's, he's really good at it. He's, you know, really been, you know, increased the flocks and herds since he's been on the job. And Laban acknowledges as much. You know, I've seen that the Lord's blessed me because of you. And so Laban suggests that they negotiate. He said, name your price. What do I need to pay you to get you just a regular work for me? You know, paid off the debt after 14 years. And uh, now just name your wages. And, you know, Jacob says, you know, I've been working for you really hard. I've, I've, I've blessed you. And he said, okay, so what do, you, what do I give you? And, and Jacob's like, no, you don't give me anything. Here's my proposal. Now, oh, wow, these guys deserve each other. But, you know, what is Jacob's idea? What does he suggest that, be, that his wages will be? Yeah, all the speckled, the spotted, the striped, the mottled, or whatever. And the solid colored ones will be Laban's. Now, I'm assuming that most of them were solid colored. This is kind of the exception to have the spotted and speckled and all that. And so when Jacob suggests that, says, now, you, and you'll know if I've got any of yours, because if i got any solid colors, they belong to you. When Jacob suggests this plan, this, this idea of this would be his wages, how does Laban feel about that? Good. Oh, that sounds good to him. I mean, it wouldn't be very many. And he actually, if I... 
It's a little bit unclear here to me. But I believe that Laban, maybe contrary to what Jacob would have expected, starts by segregating out all the spotted and striped and speckled ones to begin with. You know, which is going to decrease the incidence of, of that in the future. At any rate, Jacob's got this idea. You know, he thinks this has been really a cool, you know, manipulation. You know, because he got Laban to agree, and Laban didn't realize what he was going to do. What did what did Jacob do? Well, he he tries to manipulate the uh, the offspring of of his animals by. By putting these, these visuals in front of them. Yeah. Now, if you took, like, a uh, tree branch, you know, and you took the twigs and the leaves off, you just got the branch. Now, in a lot of trees, if you, like, cut out a notch, the inside will be lighter than the bark on the outside. That's true with a lot of trees. And so he took these rods, these, these branches, and he striped them. You know, he cut out notches where it's dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light. And then where did he put these striped rods? The water troughs. Why the water troughs? That's where they made it. That's where the animals made it. And that way, the animal that was mating would be looking at something striped when they made it. And of course, everybody knows that what you look at when you're mating <laughs> is what the offspring comes out looking like, right? You ever heard anything about genetics? <laughs> I gather Jacob had not, you know. <laughs> and so, so this is, the, he, he thought, wow, this is going to be cool. I'll get a whole bunch of striped and spotted and speckled sheep and calves and goats and whatever. And so when he did it, how did it work? Great. Whole bunch of them came out spotted and striped and speckled. <laughs> Is there something more we need to know about genetics? <laughs> would you have thought it would have worked like that? So what does that show us? evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Everything else does. <laughs> God? I guess obviously God wanted him to have these speckled striped sheep or goats or whatever they are. <laughs> so who's really doing it? It's the Lord who does Jacob thinks is doing it? He thinks it's him. Now look. <laughs> Do you see how this is sort of obvious to us? But everything in Jacob's life has been this way. When Jacob conned his brother out of the birthright, remember what God had already said? The elder will serve the younger. When he conned his brother and his dad, really, out of the blessing, and his, and his father said, your brother shall serve you, and he thought that it was his trick that did that, 
God had already said, the older shall serve the younger. See, what I'm seeing is, there wasn't any of those times when Jacob did it. It was God that did it. And the joke's on Jacob. He thought he did it himself. You know? And, but it isn't. It's the Lord. We know that in this story because everybody knows today, at least, what you look at when you're mating doesn't have a whole lot to do with the uh, appearance of the offspring. But Jacob didn't really realize that at this point. How many times are there things that we think we're doing on our own when it's really the Lord? We got this grand plan and it's working to perfection. Boy, aren't we smart. And you wonder if the Lord's not sitting up shaking his head up in heaven thinking, you thought that was you? You know, it'd be like, I don't know, you, some of you can come up with a good illustration of this. I hear these and then I forget them. But like a parent of a small child, you're, what, what would be a good illustration of where a parent like makes the kid think he did it. Um, the commercial with the Darth Vader. <laughs> right. What is, what is that? <laughs> when, okay, it was one of the Super Bowl commercials where this little kid was dressed up as Darth Vader and was trying to do the force and everything and it never worked or whatever. And then like the parents watching from the window and like hit some button to like automatically start the car <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. And the kid is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's this. You know, the Lord is doing it. And Jacob's like, whoa. He thinks he did. It, you know, because God's way of doing a lot of things is not like hitting you in the face, this is me. We really trust by faith that the Lord is the one who gives these things. But we miss it when we think it's us. I mean, we look like this little kid that really thought his, you know, deal started that car. So, I really think this is a great lesson for us in just recognizing more the hand of God. And recognizing that, you know, even when we thought we did it, it's not us. It's the Lord. And it, you know, does the Lord, is the Lord, is he going to always do it the way we thought it was going to turn out? No, look at the mandrakes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the Lord is not bound by what we think we're doing. But sometimes his will will coincide with what we did. And we'll think, man, I started that car. Comments and thoughts. How would you explain the wrestling with the angel later? Would he think, hey, I just tied with an angel. Why, why would God want him to tie with an angel while wrestling? Well, I'll tell you briefly, and when we study this, I'll tell you more in detail. I don't think that's the idea. When God wrestled with Jacob, that's what God had been doing with Jacob his whole life, was wrestling with Jacob trying to get Jacob to submit to him. And Jacob's not been very submissive because Jacob thought he could handle everything until now 
when Esau was on his way and he scared half out of his skin. And finally, Jacob that night does something he never had done before. He clings to God and said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Suddenly, Jacob doesn't think he's got a plan that'll work and he needs God. And that's what God had been trying to humble Jacob to come to acknowledge that whole time. And it finally took dislocating his hip, Esau coming, to accomplish that. Which I think is just so much. You see so much in Jacob, the struggle we have. The struggle to not see the Lord's hand. The struggle to try to con our way and manipulate our way and maneuver our way in wrong ways into the things that we think we ought to have. We need so much more faith in God and we really need, I think, so much more awareness of the fact that it's the Lord that's operating in our lives. Other comments, questions, thoughts on this? Yeah, Logan. I think it's kind of ironic how Laban offers to give Jacob something, but he says, no, 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 I take. And that's what he's always doing. He's taking. Stuff. Yes, that's very good because he does. He was a grabber. So was Laban giving him this, like intending for him to keep working for him? Yes. Okay. Yes. The idea is as the, you know, animals are born, Jacob gets the off-color ones. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it makes it difficult to decide whether Laban tricked him and took all of them away because Jacob actually says, I don't want anything, but here's the deal. It almost sounds like I'm not taking anything now. I'm only going to take what is born from here on out. If that's the case, then Laban rightfully would have taken all of the current ones. Or possibly Laban is taking the spotted ones so that they don't produce. Yeah, I think that may be the idea. Not that they belonged to Jacob. Right. I get the idea that Jacob th didn't want any. I think that may be the idea. But we'll learn later. He does say he changed my wages ten times and yes, and tricked me. So every time the offspring start coming out one way, Laban changes his wages to something else. And of course, God keeps, you know, causing what he wants to happen. You know, Laban and Jacob really deserve each other. Both manipulators and con men, more or less. And you wonder why they wanted to go back there to find a wife. <laughs> They'd been better off with that Canaanite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that because the Canaanites were about to get exterminated. So uh, that might not have been very healthy, but... But yeah, that's, you know, you would not say that everything about this family is exemplary by any means. And you know what's going to happen a little later on, actually the next chapter, with Rachel and uh, her father's, you know, gods and all that. She, she reminds you of a lot of Jacob in that story. Other comments? All right, well, that's a pretty good amount to cover tonight. I think that's as far as I intended to go, so we'll just uh, stop there and let you think about that. Uh, I won't be here next week. I'll be here the following and for a few after that. So That is the plan.